0: Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of The Morning Photo Walk. I'm your host, Christopher Smith. And this morning, we are walking through a part of my town that's uh, got some interesting history. Um, We're gonna shoot film this morning. It's about uh, 6.45 in the morning. Sun is uh, up. Uh, but we still got some really soft light going on here. Sun is still fairly low in the sky, and there is uh, quite a bit of haze from the Canadian wildfires, so it uh, makes it very interesting. This morning we're going to shoot film. I am shooting with the uh, MIA six. It's a foldable camera. Um, this particular version of the Mamiya 6 is the version 5 or V, I'm not really sure what it, which way it's referred. Um, but essentially this camera will shoot 6x6 format or 645. I do have it set to 645 this morning, so I can get 16 shots. I'm still trying to figure out the frame counter on this camera. Um, to get it positioned to uh, shot number one when I'm loading the film. Um, Right now I do not have it successfully set to uh, position one so I'm gonna have to kind of keep track of uh, how many shots I'm taking here. I am gonna meter this morning with my iPhone. Um, I do have an external meter that's a cold shoe mount um, but with this Mamiya 6 the button to open the lens would be covered. So presents a little bit of a challenge there, but we'll get around it. I'll just meter her with my cell phone. I do have a light meter app that works uh, fairly well. So this first shot that I'm going to take, I have HP5, uh, which is a 400 ISO uh, speed film in there this morning. I do love the look of that film. And it's telling me that uh, I'm kind of trying to use the uh, and learn to walk around and using the um, 70-16 rule. So I have my shutter speed set at 500 right now. My uh, light meter app is telling me to go ahead and use F8. Uh, so, so we'll set it for that. And uh, see what kind of results we get here. So, F8, and on this particular camera, you do have to uh, manually set the shutter with each exposure. shadows here. So what looks most interesting. And now we're pretty much set to infinity on the focus. Right there. Alright, there's shot number one. I did have to drive over to this part of town this morning. So On the way to where I am parked, I did uh, spot a couple of things that I'd like to shoot, so I'm gonna head over that way right now. So, if you're curious where I'm shooting this morning, this is the Mantino State Hospital, uh, mental hospital grounds. Um, It is not a mental hospital anymore. It is now veteran's home. But a lot of this part of town has um, some pretty interesting stuff going on. A lot of dilapidated buildings and things like that. Uh, you know, this was a active mental hospital in the 40s and 50s and probably through the early 60s. I'm not exactly sure when it was shut down, but a lot of the buildings are in pretty pretty decayed state. All right, I've got my second shot here composed. I'm focused, I do need to wind the camera. Two shot, 13. Set the trigger for the shutter. And let's check my light meter. Still getting about the same reading, about F8. So let's go ahead and recompose again. Uh, I like it about right there. All right. So that's my second shot. Go ahead and wind it again here. All right, so we're all set for our third shot. And there is this uh, abandoned RV. It is a chassis sitting on the ground. Makes for a pretty interesting composition. Not something you see every day. I would imagine my light is about the same, so let's check that out. go ahead and meter to the scene again really quick here. Hmm. I got about uh, F10 now. F14. F13. All right, so let's crank the, uh, let's crank it up to F11 on this one. <laughs> Set my shutter, and go ahead and focus. Let's try to find a little better composition. with some depth there. So on last week's, uh, not last week's, but the uh, episode one of uh, the photo walk, I was using the X100V. Um, I do love that camera. I got some pretty great uh, results with it on the uh the last photo walk um i will develop these shots and share these as well all right i think that's the shot right there let's walk around and check this out to see if there's any other compositions we want to grab here oh yeah i like that one a lot yeah that's pretty rad All right, so we are going to grab one more composition before we move on. Got it focused. Let's go ahead and wind on. This is shot number. I've already lost track. (laughs) That is why I would love to figure out the frame counter on this. So it's now reading ISO 400. Obviously that's not gonna change. That's my film speed. I do have it set to uh, 500th of a second. I'm getting about F11 here still. I'm gonna go with F8 and overexpose just a little bit here. I do appreciate the look of that. So set everything here. Recompose again make sure we're focused. We are. And boom. There we go. That is shot number four, I think. Started on nine. I have to go back and check. I already lost track. I did take a picture of the frame counter just so I knew where I started just because I knew I'd forget. And, oh, we started on frame 12, and right now we're on frame 16. So that is four shots, all right? I do have 16 shots available in the current format. So while I'm walking here to the next location here where I am gonna take another shot, I do want to uh, share since the last episode, I did uh, successfully shoot four rolls of film through four different cameras and 35 millimeter. And I got to say, I am ecstatic with the results. I did uh, process them at home as i am trying to get more efficient with uh, film and decided that uh, i wanted to learn the process on my own so i did use the CineStill uh, mono bath and right, i think i found another composition here kind of a rad old building here i'm gonna go ahead and wind on all right i think uh, I got it set to shot five here. And I do need to meter my shot. We're still good with F8. Yeah, F8's still gonna work for us because we've got lots of shadow here. I'm using the light meter app and you can uh, point it at what you're gonna shoot and pinpoint different areas in the scene to kind of average it out. So I am gonna use F8 here still. I'm happy with uh, overexposing just a little bit. So this particular composition I have here, I've got a do not enter sign with the street sign with uh, the buildings in the background with some actually pretty interesting light on them. All right, and there's that shot. So anyway, like I was saying, I did uh, develop four rolls of film at home, uh, all black and white, starting with that. While I teach myself the process here, I found another composition here. This old uh, Dodge truck outside this uh, very small hot rod shop. I have shot this truck uh, numerous times before as it is very interesting to me. Um, so let's go ahead and meter this. I'm gonna meter for the highlights on this one. And we're still good with F8. Okay, so I think we're on shot number six already. We're still at F8, we're still at uh, 1 500th of a second. And let's go ahead and focus. I think we're spot on right there. Boom, all right. So where this truck sits next to a very abandoned building, um, does tend to collect some vehicles. And that is another great shot. We're gonna take one more shot before we move on here. Just cause the light is fantastic right now and it does paint the picture of the scene, I will go ahead and meet her again, just to be sure where we're at here. F8 is still gonna work. We are set to F8. Let's go ahead and wind. Let's make sure we're in focus one more time. We are, okay. All right, so I am shooting in the 645 format. I'm gonna walk over and explore this area just a little bit here. See if I can see anything interesting. So I gotta say, when I developed the four rolls of film at home, uh, like I said, I did two rolls of Fujifilm, Acros uh 100 uh the second version as i understand they don't sell the first, uh, first version anymore um, i do love that film it is uh really awesome i do love the look of it I was actually introduced to that uh in the fuji system when i first got introduced to that system did find another composition here so I'll go ahead and grab one more shot Never really been able to figure out if these cars are abandoned or not. This is uh, what looks like an old uh, shipping and receiving or a factory or something like that at some point. And there's a third car here that's not usually here when I come. And it does have a new temporary tag on the back. So I wonder if someone is staying here. we are still good with that F8. Go ahead and wind on. Grab this shot. We're set at f8. We're still on the 500th of a second. And I can pull, compose this shot. All right. I'm going to walk around and check this scene out just a little bit more before I move on. It have kind of a missing window on the upper part of the building. That's pretty interesting. The scene kind of lends itself to uh, the 645 format. It's pretty great. I think I might take one more shot before I move on. Go ahead and wind on. I really got to check this frame counter out and try to put some test rolls maybe through the camera and see if I can figure that out. Because I have a feeling that I may be overlapping some shots here. I did meter, we're still good with F8. I do like it a little bit overexposed. And we are in focus and we are composed. Alright, so there's definitely a whole hell of a lot going on over here in this part of town. A lot of abandoned vehicles, a lot of abandoned buildings, a lot of just sort of collected stuff from years and years and years of just not being used. Or, you know, the area of town kind of being run down. All right, so I did want to take a minute also to talk a little bit about uh, today's location for the photo walk. Um, Like I mentioned before, I am trying to uh, visit different locations. So today I didn't have to go very far. Um, I did uh, do my photo walk in the the town that I live in, um, but I went to kind of a secluded part of town. I think I, you know, I mentioned it a couple of times throughout the uh, photo walk, it is the. Mantino uh, State Mental Hospital grounds It is no longer a mo- uh, mental hospital it is the uh, uh, you know state veterans hospital now on a portion of the grounds uh, a lot of the grounds are uh, have been torn down over the years uh, some of it still stands some of the buildings are uh, still um, abandoned uh, but a lot of the buildings are uh, being renovated and used as a commercial state for er, I'm sorry commercial space um, you know, for different sorts of, you know, shipping and receiving type companies and stuff like that. So to get into a little bit of the history, the Mantino State Mental Hospital uh, was originally authorized by the state of Illinois in uh, 1927, long, long, long time ago, uh, coming up on uh, 100 years ago here pretty soon. Uh, looks like the first patient arrived at the, uh, the hospital December 30th. December 1930. In 1954, the patient population peaked at 8,195 patients. Wow, that is insane. But it does explain kind of the way a lot of the buildings over there, and you'll maybe see in some of the photographs that I took today, um, the way they're laid out. They're very long, um, you know, long and narrow. And the best way I can describe them is they're like bunk houses. Um, and they're scattered all over the grounds. The state mental hospital uh, grounds is uh, in kind of a secluded part of town. It's sort of its own little part of town. Um, There are some housing uh, areas that have been kind of developed around the area. Uh, Most of the houses look like they were built in probably like the 1980s. Um, And I think that they were probably built for the purposes of around that time is when the uh, veterans home uh, came in and you know it uh, stopped being uh, the mental hospital so it looks like in 1983 is when it stopped being the mantino state and mental hospital and in 1985 is when the uh the veterans home came in so it's a pretty cool uh location uh, definitely a little different than just kind of walking around the neighborhood but uh, it is in uh, in my backyard basically so we'll visit this location some more I'll talk some more about the location and you know describe some of the buildings and stuff like that um, had uh, definitely a little bit of a treat towards the, uh, the end of the podcast where uh, I was checking out one of the buildings a little closer one of the abandoned buildings uh, wanted to see if I could see uh, the entrance to the tunnels that are supposedly running around the grounds underground. And uh, I set off an alarm because I was someplace I shouldn't have been. (laughs) So that's kind of neat. But anyway, thanks again for uh, for joining me today. And I just wanted to uh, give you that little tidbit on the uh, location where I was. Um, Today, like I said, we'll be revisiting that location. It's a pretty rad location to shoot on film, but uh, sometimes we'll do digital, sometimes we'll do film. We're gonna just talk all things photography on this podcast, and thanks again for joining me. All right, we are getting F11 here, but I do wanna overexpose by one stop. So I'll go ahead and leave it at F8. I did find another composition. I'm focusing on an abandoned truck kind of off in the distance but I do got lots of layers going on here I got some piles of dirt or stone in the foreground and some asphalt piles and then this big uh, looks like tank with a big explodable uh, exploding logo on it and then this abandoned work truck against the abandoned building. So I do need to stop and kind of count where my shots are at right now. So I started with 12. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm on shot eight right now. I'm gonna go ahead and wind. So I'm on shot nine. so let's walk around a little bit more and see what else we can find so i can kind of continue my story here of my recent success with developing some film so i did use the uh, cinestill df96 mono bath which uh, is a great way to start i tell you what couldn't be more easy there's really only one chemical that you have to mix. God, I already see another composition. The light on this building is just super great right now. So the thing that's cool about this uh, Mamiya Six camera, you know, I'm kind of bouncing around all over the place here. It is a rangefinder camera, a folding camera, but the lens is fixed; it doesn't move on this. So when you're uh, focusing, you're actually moving the film plane inside the uh the camera which is pretty cool i'm not aware of another camera system that does that i'm sure there is but uh i'm not aware of it all right so i'm going to grab one more shot here we are on f8 still 1 500th of a second did wind the film already let's check my focus here one more time and compose boom all right there we go So what attracts me to this camera, and I have a feeling I'm going to use it a lot, is I do like the 645 format. I do like that I can get 16 shots at the 645 out of a Rollo 120. I already see another shot. You got to take advantage of it when you when you see the shot, you know, it's it is what it is. I know I'm trying to explain uh, myself here on my success with film and uh, quite possibly after this shot, we'll uh, we'll get there. All right. So this is metering for F 13. So we'll go F 11. And pointed a little more towards the sun now. One five one five hundredth of a second. We are in focus. It's actually set to infinity still here. There's some birds at the peak of the roof here. The light is on it. Oh, as I said that, they flew away. But that's all right. The light on the building is still pretty interesting. We're at 1500 a second. So we probably did capture the birds. But we're going to move on to see if we can find a different building here go ahead and fold this up so the hp5 all right let's just talk a little bit about that so i ran like i said four different cameras with that i'm finding composition after composition the light is just fantastic right now i think i got to take advantage of one more shot here then hopefully things will get boring and we'll be able to move on and explain the story a little more so we got kind of a what looks to be abandoned shipping and receiving area here. The light on it is pretty great. And now I'm getting 1,500 of a second, Uh, obviously ISO 400, Uh, man, that's telling me F-16. Wow. So I think that we will Uh, I'm going to leave it on F11 and go one stop overexposed. There's lots of different uh, things going on here in this shot. Different patterns, different textures, different light values. So we'll see how that turns out. So the HP5, let's get back to that. I ran two rolls of that. one of them through a camera that I've actually owned since I was a teenager, the uh, Minolta Freedom Zoom. I think it's a EX-140, I think it's called. Another composition already. But hey, this is what photography is about, right? In ideal conditions right now, the light is fantastic. We're still gonna go with F11. Got these buildings here, they're casting some great shadows at the moment. And set my shutter I'm on the film already. Boom! All right, so let's do some walking now. All right. So, I used the Minolta uh, Freedom Zoom. I believe it's called uh, uh, EX140. Could be wrong on that. I'm um, just shooting from the hip on that. Uh, but it's a uh, panoramic, uh, has panoramic mode. So, it's not like a uh, Hasselblad. X pan where you're getting uh, full advantage of the frame. Uh, when you turn it on panoramic mode, it is cropping the, uh, the frame. But with modern DSL technology, you know, getting in there with a uh, close up zoom lens, um, I was able to still make some pretty interesting shots um, and get some great detail with that. So I took the whole roll and shot the whole roll in panoramic, Got another great composition here. Jeez. Let's go ahead and focus it. Just the light is great, man, I'm telling you. So let's measure the light. We're at F11 still f11 seems to be spot on so f11 1 500th of a second it did wind it already if not i'm gonna get some double exposures here you know what let's open it up a little bit one stop and go f8 so anyway back to the story the um hp5 was run through the minolta freedom zoom a uh, panel camera, shot the whole roll in uh, Pano, and uh, that's a camera that it's basically a point and shoot. Um, it's all automatic. I wanna say that thing was originally offered in the early, uh, the early 80s or probably mid 80s because um, I've owned this camera and used it since I was in high school. Um, It's, you know, it's probably actually from the 90s, dating it that way. This is another cool shot here, but 645 is not the best uh, format for that. It's too bad. It's kind of interesting. Some random pallets kind of just sitting there in the grass. I think we're gonna skip this one. Let's keep moving. I feel like I'm on the wrong side of the light right now. So I'm kind of burning through the film counter here. Let's do some walking and talking. So like I said, I did use uh, the HP5. Um, I did end up uh, shooting when I was shooting that, obviously in the automatic camera, I can't control. It's gonna try to just put the exposure spot on. Um, But I shot another roll through um, a Yashica FX3 uh, uh, Super 2000. Um, that camera's pretty rad as well. I put a 135 millimeter lens on that one, which was pretty neat. And uh, shot those first uh, two rolls of HP5 through that. Such an interesting area here. Just so much depth to what's going on, all this great light. I apologize for taking so long to tell my story. I'm having such a great time out here shooting some shots with uh, my new Mamiya 6 that uh, I'm not really explaining the success so much of. Oh, I think I like that. All right, let's take this shot here. Let's open the lens back up. I suspect we'll still be around F11 here. We are, we're at F11 right on the dot. So, let's go ahead and wind. So I went down to F8, let's go to F11. Pose this shot. So, this is the first roll of film I'm putting through this camera, the Mamiya 6. Um, as far as I can tell, everything on the camera works the way it's supposed to. A little bit of restrictions here, shooting. Oh yeah, there's some people sitting outside this building here. Looks like they're on break right now. What an interesting shot this would make, but. I'm not going to intrude on them. They are at work. And I don't know if I would appreciate a stranger just walking up to me. Not today. Probably a great lost opportunity that I'm missing here, but uh, so be it. So let's just do some walking and talking. HP5. I did overexpose it or develop it, Uh, pushed it one stop, as they say. And I tell you what, I am absolutely thrilled with the results. Um, Took me a little bit of time to run through the uh, roll of film. So there is kind of a lot, uh, a lot of different types of shots in that because I generally travel with that camera I keep it in my uh, my book bag that I take with me every day to work. I gotta be getting close to the end of the roll here. There's this pretty rad old tree that we're gonna get a shot here of. We're reading F8 on this one, so let's go F8. Is so where. A lot of darkness in this shot here. A lot of shadow, I should say, but we are pointed towards the sun. Should compose. All right. So the Minolta, Minolta I've had since I was in high school. I'm sure, my parents bought it for me when I was a kid. Um, kind of shocked. I mean, I'm one of those types of people that generally keep my stuff in good shape and don't get rid of things like that. So I've had the camera for a pretty long time. And obviously I'm glad that I held on to it because I've been using it a lot lately. It still works perfectly. And I do appreciate the camera quite a bit. Appreciate that I've had it since I was in high school. Appreciate that it works so well. I've actually kept uh, all my old photos and uh, film from back in those days. At that time, I was using it to uh, photograph cars, so I was going to a lot of uh, cruise nights and car shows and things like that with my uh, with my father. So. I uh, actually still have all those uh, photos, so I'm gonna pull them out and uh, start going through them and see if there's anything worth scanning there. But just to see kind of where I was then with that camera and uh, the results that I'm getting with it now. um, Gotta be getting close to finishing this roll here. Not keeping track at all. All right, let's meter this shot. This is giving me F-16. So, I'm gonna go F-11, just because there is a lot of shadow here. I'm focused on infinity. There's a uh, tower here that uh, is pretty rad from an administration building off in the distance so i should stop and count how many photos i've taken here so i know approximately how many i have left tell you what it's really a pain not knowing where you're at here on this frame counter so i started at shot 12. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I actually might be done with the roll. But let's shoot on just in case we're not. So there is definitely something to be said for shooting with older cameras running some test rolls through them. Now, I don't know if you can consider a test roll put through a camera that I've owned basically my entire life valid, but I could tell you that's the first time I ever put black and white in that camera. And I tell you what, I think HP5, I love the grain of it. I love the look of it. I love the look of it when you push it one stop. It definitely, offers some uh, pretty fantastic tonal range, we'll say. It's just absolutely stunning. So I do have the results, some of the results from that shoot, uh, the film, we'll say, are on my website. Um, I will be posting all of this stuff, uh, at least the photos that I'm happy with, for everyone to see. So I found another composition here, and this may very well be my last shot. It is super awesome. Found a couple of old trucks, neither of which are probably on the road anymore. I did wind my film already. Let's go ahead and meter the shot. I bet we're still good at f11. We are. It's right on the money. F11 is great. So maybe I'll even go down to F8 just to see if we can open up some of the shadows a little bit here. Let's go ahead and focus. Let's focus on that truck. The focusing patch on this camera is really nice. It's a really good composition, a lot going on here. Okay, it's possible that may be our last shot. So a little bit about the town here. So this uh, Mantino State Hospital area here is uh, unfortunately in the process of uh, being sold off to um, different businesses and they are In the process of rehabbing a lot of these buildings a few of them have brand new roofs on them which is great i'm glad that they are reviving this area and uh, doing something with it and the buildings aren't continuing to uh, disintegrate away in time but with the uh Addition of them being all rehabbed and everything um, You know a lot of them aren't quite as interesting looking as they used to be unfortunately, so That's why I feel it's important to come over here and document this right now just because Know if uh, how much longer these buildings are going to uh, look interesting enough to photograph. I've got to be done with this roll by now. You can see a lot of the uh, the remnants of the old buildings, just kind of laying on the ground here, where they pulled these uh, facades and stuff off. It's quite a shame. I'm going to just keep shooting and cross my fingers that i uh, getting a couple of extra bonus shots in here. Now we're reading F13. I do got a little bit of walk back to the car, though, so I promise you that um, we will get you some uh, good content here on today's morning photo walk. I am rather enjoying this camera, I'm glad I decided to pick it up, boy, so cool, so cool, that would be an interesting shot, the light on that is great, and you can see where they're redoing the roof right now, I'm gonna go for it and see what happens. There's probably nothing there to shoot, but we're gonna shoot it anyway, just in case, right? There's probably no film left. I guess I should have maybe brought a second camera with me, having only 16 shots today. But I really wanna focus on just one camera on what we're doing this morning, photo walk. And we'll come back to this area again Like I said, unfortunately, this area is rapidly changing. A lot of these buildings are being rehabbed. This one I'm walking past right now. They have removed some of the brick from the old uh, bricked off windows and put windows back in and completely replaced the roof. And I tell you what, it almost, you know, you could tell it's it's not a brand new building, but looks pretty damn new. And that's great. At the same time, we're kind of erasing history here pretty quickly, which is why I'm over here right now taking photos. Here's a building I've never noticed before. There's an old sign on it. It's a Marine Transport Inc. Let's wind on. Oh, I'm feeling no resistance now. I'm sure we got nothing left in here. We're probably, winding up in the camera, but what if I get half a frame here? That'd be pretty cool. So, let's go back up over at F11. 500 I'm sure I'm shooting nothing here, but nothing might be something. So, These morning photo walks are about a few things for me. Exercise, getting out, smelling some fresh air. When you walk, you do a lot of thinking and kind of sort a lot of things out, especially when you're walking by yourself, which I do, I prefer. And realized some things this morning that Maybe I should have uh, brought a second roll of film with me. (laughs) That would have been smart, but I didn't because again, I have not yet shot a roll of film through this camera. As far as I know, all the shutter speeds are working correctly, but I don't know for sure. So it's not worth the risk of ruining a second roll of film until you find out for sure. So that's what we're doing. I'm pretty far away from the car now, so I got a little bit of time to walk and talk. So I think I kind of mentioned in the uh, first episode that I did uh, have acquired quite a few different film cameras and uh, just cameras in general, digital, not digital, the whole shebang and we're gonna to try to do a different camera in most episodes, um, but I will probably end up repeating with uh, some of my favorite cameras, the X100V being one of them. Uh, that camera is just crazy awesome. So we're gonna to try to go digital film, digital film, digital film. Give you guys a little taste of uh, a little bit of everything. There are definitely a lot of really rad, old 70s and 80s vehicles parked over here just randomly that are not at all restored. That one looks to be an Oldsmobile, probably like a 1977. Got a couple of old trucks but there is activity over here because i have noticed that each and every time i come over here things are moved around a little bit so things are happening back here we're coming up on one of my favorite buildings here this building was super super and dis uh disarray and decay and uh someone just invested I'm sure huge money on a completely brand new copper roof for this building. So I do have a couple of photos that I've taken over the last year or so here at this location uh, with the um, old roof on it. And it looks like they are kind of tearing up part of the building, unfortunately. Well, maybe not. It actually looks like it's been like that for a while. It's kind of wild. But as I said, stuff gets moved around. There was kind of a super creepy shot I took over here a while back. Just this random chair sitting in front of this random abandoned building with this random crane that's obviously been sitting here for probably 20 years. It's definitely like an old GMC truck from the eighties. Let's walk up this way. It's general contractors, probably not even in business anymore, but I suspect that a lot of the stuff has been moved around for them to uh, make room to work, to put this new building on or this new roof on the building. And it's kind of an exposed uh, facade right now so you can kind of see the old rot is still in place. You can see uh, some copper from where they're working on the building and stuff like that, which is pretty neat. So history is changing very rapidly in this area. What was once a uh, who knows what kind of building this was at, uh, at the time. I don't know if this housed, um, I won't call them in- inmates, but patients of the, uh, the hospital. I think that's what a lot of these buildings were, were, were bunks set up. Been doing a little bit of a deep dive of history into this area and uh, I tell you what, it's a little bit of scary history. A lot of crazy stuff that happened over here and a long history of a uh, state mental hospital, circa 1980 type stuff. So needless to say, it's a very interesting area to uh, come and photograph and I feel obligated to spend as much of my free time over here as possible because like I said, it is extremely, extremely cool and rapidly changing all at the same time, unfortunately. So I think we're done taking pictures right now because I think I've more than gone through my 16 shots. We'll find that out when I uh, develop the film. I'm sure that probably my last three at least shots were me taking a shot of no film left. But reason to come back. So the uh, Yashica FX3, the uh, Super 2000 is a pretty rad camera. That's a camera from, I want to say the late 80s, early 90s. Apologize if my dates on this stuff are a little off. Um, It does go up to a two thousandth of a second, which is pretty cool. You know, if you want to open your aperture up a bit, get that uh, shutter speed up and blur out your background. So I got lots of pretty cool shots with that, with the HP5 as well. And uh, I tell you what, you know, if you're looking to get into photography and uh, you don't have a budget for some of these big expensive cameras that uh, YouTubers and Instagrammers and TikTokers and things like that have made uh, ultra famous and driven up the price. Any basic film camera will do, especially an older point and shoot. You would not believe the results even shooting in auto mode. So I shoot that camera, the Minolta uh, Freedom Zoom. In full auto mode, um, it does have quite a range that uh, that you can do. Of um, you know, I think it goes from like 40 millimeters to like 140 millimeters or something like that, maybe 35 millimeters. And uh, I tell you what, that is a super fun camera to use and. Uh, You know, only because I've been using it lately and takes such amazing photos. I looked it up on eBay and you can buy that camera pretty much almost unused, complete with the box and instructions and all that on eBay for around 20 bucks. I mean, that's crazy. That's almost what a roll of film is gonna cost you. So go out, Get yourself a camera take a chance and you are taking a chance when you buy an older camera if it's even going to work or not but for a small investment i think it's probably worth it i did purchase four film cameras all of them obscure um, except for maybe one over the last month or so none of which i paid more than 15 bucks for Uh, The fourth one I have yet to receive in the mail should be here in the next few days. But the first three that I received, uh, all four being rangefinders, the first three don't work. Uh, They're completely manual, no battery. They're all from like the the 50s. Um, And they all have the same common problem with them. Um, The focusing mechanism is frozen on them. I'm sure it's just frozen from time. You know, the grease that's in the camera, it keeps everything lubricated and moving. On an old camera like that, it hardens over time of not being used, not getting that uh, occasional use or daily use, or, you know, things like that. It's been sitting in a cabinet or in a drawer somewhere for maybe 70 years. 50 years and the camera just freezes up so the shutter does seem to work on all of them which is awesome and the aperture blades do move freely which is also awesome the camera does seem to function otherwise which is great as well so <clears throat> Looking into it, I have found that uh, there are a handful of people out there in the world still that uh, will service these old cameras, so I've reached out to a few of them to see if I can ship them off and see if we can uh, get them taken apart and go through them and clean them. And They call this CLA, Clean, Lube, and Adjust because I would like to use these cameras. They are super obscure cameras. Uh, one of them that I got yesterday is called a PAX M3. And uh, doing some research on that camera, you know, it's a uh, pre-Leica red dot before Leica was putting the red dot on their cameras. So this PAX 3 has got a PAX red dot on the front of it, right where Leica puts their red dot. So you got to ask yourself, is that something that Leica took from PAX? So PAX is a uh, Japanese camera manufacturer, and that camera is uh, also from the 50s, and uh, you know. Pre, uh, pre-Leica pre M6s and things like that, where you know, they started introducing that red dot on the front of the camera, or M5, I'm not sure. But the M5 and the M4 don't seem to be as popular as the M6 and the M3. So I know a bit about the M3, I know a bit about the M6, but I don't really know anything about the, uh, the M4 and the M5. But I will, because uh, learning about cameras is uh, something I find pretty cool. I like the history and stuff like that behind it. So keeps your mind busy, you know. So the results of the film that I developed. The uh, HP-5, I'll be honest with you, I could not be happier. Um, again, they were <coughs> developed in the CineStill. The F96 mono bath. And boy, I wish I had some film. There's some great shots right here. The light's still fantastic. But next time. Um, and I also, even though they don't list any specs for developing the Fujifilm Acros film on the uh, CineStill website, I did some research and some reading and found some other people that have done it. And seems, uh, you know, like it could be done. And uh, the people who did it, I'm sure experimented and found that uh, when you're using that film, you just want to double your development time, which is what I did. But I'm still pretty happy for the most part with the results. But I was so happy with the results of the HP5. Uh, pushing it one stop in development, which meant uh, heating the chemicals from the standard 80 degree temperature that they recommend for just uh, box speed to uh, 90 degrees, pushing it one stop. The results from that were amazing with the HP5, just amazing. So I did the same with the Acros. Film, thinking that, uh, you know, I shot that in similar light and things like that. And, you know, I know it's a, a different film speed. It's, you know, ISO 100. So I did the same with that. Um, but that being said, I was not really super happy with the results. It's uh, definitely boosted the contrast but boosted it uh, maybe a little bit more um, than I like. A little bit, just a little bit. So lesson learned, you know, I am new to developing film. That was only the second batch of film that that I developed. Oh, this building is for sale. Administration building, it's got a big for sale sign out of it. So the administration building over here in this part of town and the, Mantino State Mental Hospital, which is now the um, Veterans Home District, uh, and I call it a campus because it's kind of what it is. Um, the administration building that like you see in a lot of the photos online, this building is currently uh, unoccupied. Uh, the state of the building is in very good shape. Um, the roof it looks fairly new, and you know, looks like it's been kept. And not really sure how long it's been since. Uh, Any type of organization has occupied this building, but uh, it is currently empty and for sale, um, which is pretty cool. I wish that uh, hopefully somebody will come in and uh, rent the space. Anyway, my results from the uh, ACROS pushed one stop, it is very contrasty. And is something that uh, I will use that technique again in the future. but knowing that uh, the results are that way, um, I'll use it when I'm looking for more contrast. Um, If I could do it all over again, knowing what I know now, um, I wish I would have just developed it at uh, 80 degrees at the normal uh, box speed of uh, 100 uh, because I think I probably would have got a greater tonal range out of it and uh, been a little bit happier with the results but such as life, it's all part of the learning process. Um, you know, Fujifilm did stop making film and that Akros film, not sure how much longer I'll be able to actually get that film. So I am trying to use it sparingly, but I do really like the results of it and I've shot quite a bit of it uh, in downtown Chicago. Uh, when I first started messing around with film cameras um, when I say first when I meant when I got back into it uh, roughly a year and a half or so ago two years ago about this time so I shot some uh, film with a uh, Nikon uh, FM through that and uh, some of the yashika rangefinder and shoot cameras uh, and got some pretty cool results but that's when I was sending the film out to uh, be processed by the, uh, the darkroom in California. <clears throat> they do great work, but as part of the, uh, the learning process, I did want to uh, start doing some of the stuff on my own. Private property keep out. So this building here was an administration building way back in the day. It is pretty cool. I find it interesting that it's got the uh, clock like you'd see in a gymnasium on the outside of the building. And there's some signage on the front of it. A fallout Shelter sign. <laughs> that is super interesting. So alongside this building, there are some stairs that go down to, I'm sure, the basement of the building. Um, But I'm also told that there are tunnels under this part of town and that uh, one of these doors, there's like, man, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's gotta be 16 doors on the side of this building, which is nuts that some of these doors actually lead to the tunnels never been down in tunnels from what i understand they're sealed off now i kind of missed that boat i think a long time ago but all of this uh area here is a little bit frozen in time there's stairway going down i'm not going to explore it today uh, you know maybe i will walk down there and uh Take a peek in, because there's a lot of windows here, and just see what I can see in there. I've got a little bit of light. A Broken glass. Giant old school air conditioner on the side. If nobody ever hears from me again. Part of town here is very creepy. Well, my family. Sorry, I took a dumb chance. There's an alarm. All right, let me get out of here. Not supposed to be down here. Hear the alarm going off? I did not see that alarm. Sorry. <laughs> Walking down where I shouldn't be. Let's see if the police show up. <clears throat> I just kindly say I'm sorry if so. Hopefully that does the trick. Just checking the building out. Pretty darn cool. You know, I wonder if there's somebody that I could contact to actually get permission to go into some of these buildings, escorted or not escorted, whichever it may be, so that not trespassing and actually had permission to go in and document some of the stuff as it is forever changing. So that was a ring camera that was on that solar powered, <laughs> and I'm sure it did record the things that I was saying. So we'll see if I get in trouble here or not. But we're just out for a walk. It may say, never mind, not worth it. But now I know I can't walk down there, at least from that side. I just wanted a peek in the windows. Mm-hmm. See what was there. So, you know, developing film is something that's very much experimental when you're first learning. And what did I learn this uh, past few weeks developing some film at home? Is HP five really, 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 really loves being uh, pushed one stop. Um, I believe that would make it pushing it from 400 ISO to 800 ISO <clears throat> at 90 degrees for three minutes with constant agitation. And um, I won't say that the Fujifilm Acros uh, didn't love it, it definitely boosted the contrast and you know, in general I am happy that it was even successful at all that they don't even list that film as being a film that you can develop with the Cinestill DF-96. So that was kind of a risk. And there weren't any super banger shots on there or anything like that. It was more just an exercise and trying out uh, a new camera. So with the Fujifilm, Acros, I shot, um one roll with uh the voigtlander or voigtlander uh besa t um, i was able to find one of those a little while back brand new in the box never been used for sure never been used this was legit sitting on a, a shelf somewhere for you know 20 years probably because that camera i believe was offered in the early 2000s, uh, everything works great on it. When I did first get it, the uh, cold shoe was a little bit loose and that camera does not have a viewfinder on it. It's a range finder and it only has the range finder patch. So you have to mount an external meter. I'm sorry, not an external meter, an external viewfinder Uh, to compose your shot. Um, So I picked up uh, two of those on 28 millimeter because I have a uh, 28 millimeter M-mount lens Voigtlander as well. And the uh, 40 millimeter uh, Voigtlander M-mount lens, I have that as well. So I viewfinders for 28 and 40 millimeter. But the cold shoe was a little loose on there, which I thought, man, that's kind of strange. I've never seen a camera with a loose cold shoe before. And this camera's supposed to be brand new. So I took it to uh, my local camera shop. It's not so local for me, it's about a little over an hour drive, but uh, it's called Gary Camera in Indiana. And they do uh, still do repair work. So they opened the camera up and found that uh, just some of the screws on the inside that hold the cold shoe in place were uh, were a little loose. Unfortunately, the screws are internally mounted and not uh, externally mounted. So I did have to, uh, you know, have the camera serviced uh, by actual technicians. So. After a little bit of time, I got that camera back. And uh, because I've used those two Voigtlander lenses on my Fujifilm cameras, uh, you know, with a uh, mount to allow that and absolutely love the results, I did um, get some shots uh, for the first time on film with those. Uh, you know, and I just love the... Uh, the way Leica lenses work, you know, with the little tab on there for focusing and you build up some muscle memory when you're using those lenses and you kind of know where you're at, you know, when you're zone focusing and things. So it's a great lens, it really is. It really teaches you a lot using a lens like that. So I got some uh, B and uh, B&M or B&W Uh, lenses uh, lens filters the yellow filters (coughs) for both of those lenses and uh, you know probably between the combination of using a yellow lens which boosts your contrast and uh, pushing the development one stop with the uh, Acros um, probably made them a little bit more contrasty than my taste um, I probably would have been fine just using the yellow filters and um, developing it at the uh, recommended 80 degrees for box speed, which is what I'll do next time, providing my lighting conditions and things like that. I know all that comes into play, but that's what we'll uh, work on for next time. And. Uh, Boy, I hope I don't end up on the Mantino Facebook page for uh, walking down those stairs to take a peek in the window of that building, <laughs> because with that ring camera, that uh, may very well be the type of thing they do. We'll see. Hopefully not, especially since my sweatshirt is kind of telling people how to find me. <clears throat> anyway. This is the morning photo walk. Again, I'm your host, Chris Smith. If you're chiming in late here, uh, we're kind of winding down the walk here. I'm heading back towards the car. Um, But hopefully in the uh, next photo walk here, I will be able to uh, report back on my results of uh, this HP5 that I'm shooting today in the uh, Mamiya 6. Uh, version V or version 5 or Mia 6V, however it's referred to the title of the camera. And what I can tell you is uh, my next photo walk, I will probably come back over here again. This one is a little bit higher in the sky now than I would like. So even if I did have another camera with me, um i probably would be still done taking photos anyway so thanks a lot for uh joining me on this journey and um we'll get back to you here on uh, the results from uh, this particular outing here in the next ep- episode of the morning photo walk and i am your host chris smith You christopher smith you can find uh my work, my photos, my different projects, and this podcast at uh, www.christopherrsmithphotography.com As I said before, I do have a Facebook page, and I do have Instagram, things like that, but really don't post there because It's all about video these days, which I do a little bit of video, not too much. Do have a YouTube uh, channel as well. It's called Christopher Smith Photography. A Couple of videos on there. And uh, I'm gonna start gravitating back towards that here soon with all these different cameras. I'm gonna start uh, sharing some knowledge and the journey. This podcast you can uh, listen to on my website. You can also listen to it on Spotify. Apple Music and uh, Amazon Music. And thanks for joining me today. I know the uh, first half of the show here was uh, a lot of me rambling on about uh, focusing and f-stops and uh, composing my shot. And you know, but when I first got out here today, the light was just amazing. I was uh, overjoyed and excited to, uh, to use this new camera I do think I got some amazing shots. It took me a little while to get on to uh, talking about the story and uh, my recent adventures in developing film, but uh, that's it guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me and I'm signing off now. Thanks again for listening to the, uh, the morning photo walk with Christopher Smith. Bye. Boy. <laughs> All right, so I got a little bit of a bonus to the episode here. I got back home and kind of realized that I failed to mention what the fourth camera was that I was uh, using when I was referencing the um, four rolls of film that I had uh, shot as uh, test rolls for really just, you know, my first four rolls of film being developed at home. So let me run through them again here uh, really quick. All right, so. The two rolls of uh, I'm sorry, the two cameras that I used um, with the uh, Ilford HP Five Four Hundred was the Minolta Freedom Zoom One Forty EX, the Pano Date. Um, that particular camera, like I said, I've owned that since I was in high school, so around the early nineties. Uh, I'm not sure if the camera dates back earlier than that, but uh, I would imagine that uh, my you know father probably bought it for me brand new back then. Uh, so I'm gonna guess somewhere around, you know, 1990, give or take. I've owned that camera since, and uh, you know, probably about two years ago now, um, I remembered that I had the camera, and I remembered right where I had it. It was um, in a dresser drawer that uh, had been sitting there for, you know, probably 30 years, something like that, give or take. And thank God I was smart enough to take the batteries out of it back then, and. Uh, there was no corrosion. The camera still works great today, and I'll be using it a lot, and we will do an episode uh, featuring that camera uh, directly. So the other camera that I used um, to, with the Ilford HP5 400, uh, was the Yashica FX3 Super 2000. Uh, I did use a 135 millimeter prime lens on that. Uh, got some, you know, some great shots with that around town and uh, that uh, camera is, I've had that for about a year or so, and that is a uh, thrift store find. Uh, luckily the camera worked great, everything works, the light meter works, the, the camera um, is fantastic. So there was a little bit of an issue with that camera with the um, frame counter uh, where I got a couple of uh, rolls in the beginning of the roll uh, where everything kind of meshed together. And I actually had that same luck today with the Mamiya, uh, happy accident we'll call it. Um, I'll get to that in a second. So the two rolls of film that I shot, the Fujifilm Acros, uh 100 two, um those cameras were the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Voigtlander Basati uh, and I used a 28 millimeter uh, Voigtlander uh, lens on that one with a uh, yellow filter, and the other camera that I forgot to mention earlier is actually a Russian film camera that uh, I had uh, got fairly recently uh, from the Ukraine off of uh, eBay. It is the Zenit ET, and uh, the lens on that currently is the Helios 442. It's a 58 millimeter uh, M42 mount. Um, for those of you who are into photography uh, possibly even into portrait work have probably heard of this lens it's a pretty famous portrait lens and uh, the way it uh, renders bokeh very in a round swirly type pattern where you know you want to put your subject uh, directly sort of in the middle of the frame you get that nice sharpness right in the middle and uh, it really blurs everything else out around it you know when it's shot wide open and it's uh, pretty unique and characteristic. So I'll, uh, I've got some of those photos up on uh, my website already if you want to check those out. And just to get into uh, the camera that I used today, the Mamiya 6V or 5, not sure what it's referred to, was shooting that at uh, the 645 format and uh, did have a, a little bit of misfortune with that. Uh, again, uh, when I mentioned early in the podcast, that uh i'm still trying to get the hang of the uh, the frame counter on that it's one of those cameras and there's you know kind of it, don't see many like this and i actually don't think i own another camera like this where when you open the back to put the film in the film counter does not reset itself um, so it's on a the winding wheel so i have yet to figure out exactly where to put that uh Um, that spool so that when I'm at the beginning of the roll you know it reads uh, frame number one Uh, today I started at frame 12 so I have yet to figure that out because I would say the first six or seven photos that I took are all overlapping each other so looking at the uh, the film after I developed it uh, I uh, came home and developed the film and uh, it's kind of an interesting looking pano. So the exposure I'm really happy with on uh, the rule of film, it's uh, it's actually hanging, drying right now. I exposed it uh, not long after, uh, sorry, uh, developed it not long after I got home in the, uh, the mono bath, the DF-96 uh mono bath. And um, at first when I saw it, I was like, oh God, you know, I really messed that up. Um, but I think it's gonna kind of make a kind of a cool, multiple exposure overlapping um pano shot so we'll see uh, i'll probably scan the uh the negatives in a, in a day or two here a couple days sometime this week but anyway i just wanted to give you a little bonus section here uh today when we shot the mamiya six out at the uh, mantino uh, state hospital um, grounds mm-hmm. mental hospital grounds we'll get into that uh, here a little bit because i will be going back to that location as it is rapidly changing Um, I did shoot uh, Ilford HP5, plus 400. Um, I did uh, overexpose uh, probably most of the shots uh, one stop, and uh, I'm really happy with the way it came out. I did uh, develop those, uh, pushed them uh, one additional stop so in order to do that um, the normal temperature that you would uh, expose i'm sorry develop i keep saying expose develop that film is at 80 degrees for box speed Um, so i pushed it uh, to 90 degrees uh, to get one additional stop out of it so some of the shots are probably overexposed um, one to one and a half uh, stops but uh, looking at the uh, negatives like i think i said earlier the HP5 really likes being overexposed, as far as I can tell so far. Um, the negatives look amazing. I can't wait to, uh, to get them scanned. I didn't mention before, I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the first episode or not, um, but I am using two different digital cameras for my scanning. My 35 millimeter uh, film, I'm using the Fujifilm X-T3 uh, with a uh, vintage Canon uh, macro lens, an FD lens. And when I am scanning the medium format film, I'm actually using the Fujifilm GFX-50S2 again with a vintage macro prime lens. It's actually a Pentax lens. We'll talk more about those a little later when we talk more about the scanning and stuff like that. But just wanted to mention that in the episode here. So. I was so excited to come home and see if this camera worked because I had no idea you know, if the uh, camera worked at all. But I think that the, uh, the issues that I had with the film today, uh, that is 100% human error. Um, I just qu- haven't quite figured out the um, tracking for uh, the, uh, the film counter, the exposure counter yet. Uh, I gotta figure out exactly where we want that thing to lie. When uh, loading the film, um, so I can get it right on the money. So we'll figure that out. I do have a test roll of 120 that uh, I'm gonna have to run it back and forth through the camera, you know, five or six times until I kind of figure that out. But uh, it um, it will get figured out. I really love the camera. One of the reasons I picked up that Mamiya uh, Six was uh, because it's a folding camera and it's uh, pretty pocketable. It definitely fits in the pocket of cargo pants probably fits in my front pocket probably get it in your back pocket Um, overall it's not a very big camera with that lens folded up it's super easy and fun to use Um, so we'll be featuring that camera and i also got a uh, regular mamiya 6 also folding camera that's uh strictly a 6x6 format Um, have yet to shoot that one but uh you know maybe we'll use that one next time and check it out that one is an automatic it's the mamiya 6 automatic so that one looks to be easier uh, it does have uh, an adjustable uh, frame counter where once i've got the fo- uh, film loaded i can uh, go through and uh, zero it out to uh, the first frame which is pretty awesome i wish that this uh, this camera did that but uh, it does not so take a little bit of trial and error to figure out but we will all right thanks again for listening guys just wanted to uh, give you kind of a little update on uh, today's shots i didn't want to wait uh, i figured it was a good opportunity because i did forget to mention that fourth camera the, uh, the zenit et uh, which was uh, a russian camera with a russian lens and uh, we'll talk more about that camera because it is uh, pretty pretty awesome all right thanks again for checking in guys and listening to the second episode of the morning photo walk with uh, christopher smith Um, as always you can find me on my website at uh, www.christopherrsmithphotography.com you can find me on youtube at christopher smith photography Um, i won't get into my instagram page uh, at this moment Uh, or my Facebook page, because I really don't post there, and a lot of the work on there is a couple years old. But uh, if you are so inclined to find me and look at some of my older work, it's just, again, Christopher Smith Photography. Uh, Links are on my website uh, for those pages as well if you can't find me. Um, And this is the second episode of The Morning Photo Walk. And um, thanks a lot for checking in, and we'll get back to you next time. All right. Looking forward to doing episode three and I welcome you to to come back and uh, listen to that as well. Thanks a lot and have a great day. Boy!